0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
1: And I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. Sherelle, Carolina 8370. I'll admit, I started the game a little late, so I had to catch up. Yeah. Louisville came out wanting to try to punch Carolina in the mouth, I felt like, early. And you know it was a, a let them play type game in the paint. And not sure what was going on outside of the paint for the officiating, but your overall take on what you saw as Carolina settled down for the 13-point win.
0: I thought once they, um, like you said, once they took that initial punch, I think it was – Eight to eight, and then North Carolina went on a five nothing run, and then they kind of stretched it out to 32 31. Then Louisville came back, got it down to one after Carolina was up 12. I thought the most important part of the game was the way North Carolina closed the first half. So they were up 34 to 33. It ended up being up 45, 35 at halftime. So even though they lost the 12-point lead that they had, they got all of it but two points back. And then in the second half, I know Louisville got within eight or six a couple of times, but I never really felt like UNC was threatened because they just couldn't stop UNC from scoring. The only time UNC really, you know, didn't play well on offense was when they were taking rushed bad shots the, all the other times when they were patient and were driving you know getting the ball into the paint they scored kind of at will so I thought it was a very uh, uh methodical uh win there was definitely some scary uh moments with Garrison Brooks going down and then Kenny Williams going down I saw Kobe White kind of limping a little bit and Nasir went down one time so you hope to just get out of the ACC tournament uh healthy and I think they'll go home and rest and get ready for it tomorrow night
1: yeah, uh, seeing them get banged around, Kenny Williams especially, the way that the way his shoulder um, was off was certainly has given had to give North Carolina fans visions of many a season where injuries played a significant role. But perhaps they're healthy. You know, the thing about the ACC tournament is it's a turnaround, twenty four hour turnaround, no matter what. Um, let's talk about a couple things that I mentioned to you right before we got started. And I do want to talk about Brandon Robinson. You know, he played 14 minutes, seven points. I thought he came up big, and a lot of people will talk about his threes that he took, but I thought he looked good on the rebounding and on the defense. And, you know, and he picked up three fouls. You, you got them, give them. Uh, but I thought Robinson really looked good, really was a helpful, and really uh, did what Roy Williams has been grooming him to do all season.
0: Yeah, I agreed 100%. I thought he was, you know, maybe uh, kind of the game's not the most important player, but he came in at a critical time and really gave North Carolina uh, some energy. He ended up with seven points, made both of his field goals. There were both threes, uh, had four rebounds, and then two assists in only 14 minutes. And I think he's, his career arc is definitely taking one of, uh, you know, old old-school Coach Smith player who looks, you know, not great as a freshman, somewhat better as a sophomore, better as a junior, and then really good as a senior. So you can kind of see his career arc, you know, going in that direction as you head into next year. I, I thought tonight, um, you know, he's never been a bodybuilder. He always seems a little slight of build, like he has uh, some issues keeping weight on. But he was down there being really physical with some of the Louisville players. And I thought overall, North Carolina was very physical against Louisville because Enoch and Williams are bigger than anyone North Carolina has on their roster outside of Sterling Manley. And North Carolina really dominated them on the glass. I mean, plus nine, you know, maybe not dominated, but they uh, they had more rebounds than than Louisville. And, you know, Luke May uh, played well, uh, had a bunch of rebounds. Nasir Little had a bunch of tough rebounds, like what you called grown man rebounds. Um, so when North Carolina's rebound, rebounding the ball like that and then they're shooting, you know, 46% is, is pretty good.
1: Um, you know, they're tough to beat. Yeah, you mentioned the grown man, and I thought – I thought Brandon Robinson had a couple of those. I thought Nasir was as, you know, he's been aggressive on the offensive end before. Um, we've seen that. But I thought he was as ag- aggressive going after rebounds than I've seen him all season. And, and, you know, he can use his athleticism to score. But if, he, if he's going to use that athleticism to get rebounds, that really helps Carolina, especially on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we talk about it all the time about – once they uh, get the ball, you know, once they rebound, once they play good defense and finish it with the rebound, they can go end to end in a couple of seconds. There was a position in the first half where uh, Louisville made a shot. I think it was Nasir inbounded to Kobe White down the court to Cam Johnson, who had a three up by. There might have been it might have been four seconds, maybe four seconds. Um, And so it's just it's just funny how North Carolina's offense can go that quickly. But um, yeah, Nasir is one of those guys who, uh, you know, has the athleticism to do it. And he was uh, again, most of the game was going against Malik Williams or Stephen Enoch, who are much taller uh, bigger players but he you know kind of mucked it up with them down there in the paint and I think he ended up it felt like he had more but he only ended up with six rebounds but again it felt like a lot and they were timely you know kind of big rebounds where you had to go get it and you like to see that from this year; it shows that he's into it and he's dialed in um, same thing with Luke May I mean again nine rebounds and Luke May doesn't have the athleticism of some of the players he was going against he just
1: kind of knows where to be and then when you get seven rebounds from your point guard you kind of know things are going well. Yeah, Kobe White, uh, nineteen points, seven rebounds, six assists, only one turnover. Uh, you'd like to see him shoot a little bit better from three-point range, but I'll give Jay Billis credit on one thing, and I, and I'll be honest, I'm Jay Billis is wearing on me a little bit with his NCA talk when he doesn't talk about ESPN and how they've been a part of the explosion of money in college basketball, but. Jay Jay Billis knows basketball, and one thing he talks about Kobe White is how he has really learned how to either push or slow it down or use that change of speed. It's like a, a pitcher that can throw 100 miles an hour. When they figure out how to throw strikes at 88 miles an hour, they become deadly, and that's what Kobe White's kind of done as the season's progressed.
0: It, yeah. And when the season started, that was everyone's question mark about Kobe was, can he play point guard? Because at times, you know, he could it seemed like he could be a little reckless. It seemed like he was just running down the court and not knowing exactly what to do. If you go back to those first if you go back and watch those first few games of the season, um, fans were getting a little a little antsy because there were charges and he was you know, running down the court and just throwing stuff up. And as time has gone on, he's like, OK, uh, this is when I need to, you know. Get my own shot. This is when I need to change pace. He he's figured it all out. He's done it, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, just an example of that. You look at the uh, against Louisville. He's not been good against Louisville all season. I mean, they have the defensive uh, players they have, and the scheme they have definitely uh, I think limits the things he likes to do. But he figured it out. You know, he's. I think he's only hit one three against Louisville in three games. So um, that's not great, but he still ended up with seven, 19 points. And I think that's because he knew, like you said, with Jay Billis, when to change pace, when to get into the paint, all that stuff. So you can see each game. He's kind of learning a little bit more about what to do and how to do it.
1: I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Sherrell McMillan. You listen to Johnny t com sponsored inside Carolina podcast. Of course, your premium subscribers to inside Carolina can get that code um, from the Honorable Ben Sherman. Get 10% off your orders, whether it's online or in-store at johnnytshirt.com. Definitely a, a bonus to be an Inside Carolina subscriber, but Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street or online, certainly the best way to get your Carolina gear. Uh, Sherelle, looking ahead a little bit, and I don't want to minimize the Louisville game any, but it's gone. Once you're in the ACC tournament, once the game's over, uh, you have to start looking ahead. And I'm sure the Carolina coaches, as we speak, or scouting Duke, um, and we know who's playing for Duke tonight. Uh, I don't think um, we could not know who's playing for Duke tonight. But looking ahead to the next round, the semifinals in the ACC tournament, the one thing I think Carolina needs to do better is Kenny Williams needs to have a little bit better game. And I feel like we've said that a lot. He stepped up big on senior night. Um, He got banged up, and he struggled shooting a little bit, but he also had five rebounds. And two assists and no turnovers. Kenny, if he's healthy, is going to be key for Carolina tomorrow night.
0: And for sure. And, you know, I think he, I think 36 minutes, if you ask Roy Williams after the game, he probably didn't want to play him that much. But um, that's kind of where you are at this point of the season. I think Rob called him an athletic marvel <laughs> during the last podcast because the guy just runs around the whole game and is on the floor and getting hit in the face and getting tripped and, you know, diving for loose balls. And it's like, does, does he ever get tired? So if it is, duke tomorrow then uh you know he's probably going to be chasing rj barrett around for 39 or 40 minutes so you have to think they'll get back to the hotel fairly quickly start getting hydrated and you know get every, get the treatment and, and get a good night's rest because if it is duke is going to be a track meet tomorrow if it's syracuse the game won't be as up tempo but it'll be more of a, of a mental thing about um you know figuring out the zone so both uh potential opponents um have a, a unique uh, there, I lost my train of thought. Oh, Good gracious,
1: sorry. I no, was trying to of the word. No, it, I would say this, and I'll, I'm going to leave it in here because it's the instant yes, okay, podcast. Right. And, uh, you know, I was listening to you talk. I'm I'm thinking as you're talking, you couldn't have two more opposite type po- probabilities as opponents for tomorrow night.
0: Right, unique challenge is what I was trying to say. There it is. They both present unique challenges. You know, (laughs) the zone where it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a lot of uh, possessions where you know you're gonna have to make you know good passes, not turn the ball over, not get too happy shooting threes, which Carolina can do from time to time, versus Duke where it's gonna be probably up and down, and you're really gonna have to defend. You know, a lot of isolation plays. You're gonna have to defend uh, Zion coming downhill or RJ Barrett coming downhill, and then uh, try to recover on shooters like uh, Cam Reddish. So it, it is a little bit different. Um, you know, I think Carolina is in good shape for both of those because one thing uh, for Zion, since, you know, I think we're assuming it's going to be Duke. We don't know for sure. But if it is, you know, you have to wonder exactly where his wind is. And it's going to get tested against Carolina because they're going to run up and down the floor. We already know that. And Coach K showed in the game last week that he really didn't change his philosophy, no matter, you know, after they lost Bolton, they were down to about seven guys and he was still trying to run with Carolina up and down. So if they try to do that, we'll see exactly
1: um, where Zion's wind is after being off for about four weeks. Yeah, I know a lot of North Carolina fans out there that you know don't want to see Duke. I think Carolina wants to see Duke at, at uh, Zion strength. I don't want to say full strength because I think losing Bolden is a, is a deal for Duke. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Carolina matches up. But you're right. Carolina's going to run, 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 run. And if the big fella can keep up, Uh, It should be a fun ball game. If you can't, it's going to be interesting to see how um, the spin is for Duke and Zion. Sherelle, anything we haven't covered, and to our listeners, we're keeping these post games in the tournament short because it's a quick turnaround for us as well. But, Sherelle, last closing thoughts on Carolina's first-round win, the ACC tournament in general. Um, Anything you saw tonight that maybe – some of us normal folks didn't think about
0: (laughs) no i just think the overall theme is that they took care of business and this was a game that easily could have lost but um you know they fought through a little bit of a a a punch in the beginning like you said and then pretty much had control of the game you know six points or higher um from the point it was 34 33 late in the first half so they really you know led from almost end to end so that was uh important i think and then two you know depending on who they play tomorrow, it it is definitely going to be for a number one seed, I think. If it's Syracuse, then I think they don't have to win the game to get the number one seed. I think it would be good if they did. But if it's Duke, then I do think they probably have to go ahead and win. So um, tomorrow's a big night for a variety of reasons. Um, You know, North Carolina hasn't beaten Duke three times in a season in a long time. Um, They've split their last two meetings in the ACC tournament. Um, And then you got Virginia on the other side waiting. So uh really important game for North Carolina, especially if it's, it's going to be important either way, but for NCAA tournament seeding purposes, if it's Duke, it's definitely for a number one seed.
1: Carolina 83, Louisville 70. Carolina moves on to the semifinals on Friday night in the ACC tournament. It'll probably be at 9.30, close to 10 o'clock, get you used to the, uh, the way the NCAA tournament works. Carolina, possibly Duke, possibly Syracuse. By the time you most of you listen to this podcast, you'll know Either way, we'll be here post-game tomorrow. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina Podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. I'm Tommy Ashley. Uh, That's Sherelle McMillan. Thanks, Sherelle. Yeah, no problem.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.